passing in this life, but son, we don't see shade. She got my eye, might make my wife. I know she wanna be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Dome podcast, and it is just me today. I'm not I'm not joined by John, Carlin, or Jordan. It's just me today for a solo episode, and I'm going to be talking to you guys about the UFC card uh, 298 that's up and coming this Saturday, June 10th. Um, this is a very controversial card. Um, this, this can go many ways, especially like I would say for the common casual viewer out there. Like if you're just like, if you don't really pay too much attention to UFC, you're going to say this card is kind of mid or average, but like those who kind of want to understand the game and understand who these fighters are and where they are in their position, positional rankings and, um, like what their past is and all that, it's a lot more interesting than you think. Um, but without further ado, I am going to jump right into the main card here. Um, we'll go from the main card to the prelims, and then there's only two early prelims. I'm not going to cover every single fight. I will cover majority of it, though. Um, but for the main event, um, Amanda Nunes versus Aldana. Um, this is for the women's bantamweight title. Um, Nunez has definitely proved herself to be honestly one of the best women MMA fighters to ever compete in the sport. And it's kind of it's kind of obvious. I mean, like uh, Ronda Rousey is she's a different story. She is she's something else as well. She is a fantastic fighter. I don't know too much about women's MMA compared to men's. I like as a guy, I do pay a lot more attention to men's MMA because I also train MMA myself. Um, I do a lot of heavy bag and power work. I do um, a lot of different like stretches throughout the day, um, like two sessions, like one morning, one night for like about 20, 25 minutes of consistent stretching. And then I do a lot of uh, groundwork. I do a lot of um, I train like uh, a lot of kicking and stuff like that. But I'm I've been doing like a lot of power and stuff like that, a lot of power hitting and um, stuff like that. I'm trying to definitely improve my groundwork and different um, styles of like arm bars and uh, heel hooks and all kinds of those movements on the ground. But unfortunately, it's I do not I do not attend a gym, which is kind of a pain in the butt for me. But it's all right though. Uh, getting back to the <laughs> to the main event though, uh, Nunez and Aldana. Looking at it, the odds do favor Nunez. She is currently the champion of the Bantamweight, and Aldana is um, the underdog. Aldana is actually sitting as, um, she's in the fifth slot. She's the fifth ranked in Bantamweight, and she's competing for the title here um, this Saturday night. The odds are really favoriting. Nunes, and I honestly don't think they should be favoriting her this much. 
She's sitting at a minus 320 money line, and Aldana is sitting at a plus 265. Minus 320 is like a lot of MMA fights are so risky to take like the favorite. Because like typically I have never seen anyone's odds more than minus 400. And like if someone's favored, if someone's the favorite, I would say by minus Minus two fifty or more, don't even like take their odds. Just stay stay away from it, or even maybe put a few dollars on the underdog because there's a there's a good chance they could win. And the thing is, is that Aldana's not even completely out of this fight. Even though she's fifth rank in the women's bantamweight, she's competing for a title because she's earned this spot. Plus two sixty five is really good odds for her. I will not lie. This is going to be a lot closer than people think. I still do think Nunes does get the win and she uh, keeps that belt. But don't shy too far away from Aldana. I This is going to be very interesting. And I know a lot of people aren't interested in women's MMA. I, like I said, I'm more interested in men's. But women's MMA is still very entertaining. Women fights are actually very brutal. I will not lie. So pay attention to this fight. There's a lot of I think I think the co-main is more interesting like for me at least cuz that's that's what I'm going to move into right now. Charles Oliveira versus Manil Darius or Darius. These these names are I will not lie are pretty hard to pronounce. Um Charles Oliveira is one of my favorite fighters in in uh, the UFC. He is currently sitting that there's the odds haven't even come out for this yet. But he is arguably one of the best submission fighters I've ever seen in my entire life. His rear naked chokes, arm bars, triangles, heel hooks, like it's you name it, he's done it. He's sitting at a record of 33 and 9, and 21 of those wins have been by submission. He like if you've ever watched any highlights of him, the way that he can grapple and kind of position himself to get any single lock that he wants, it's it's absolutely mind-blowing. If I had, I would love to learn how he does it, but Charles Oliveira is fighting uh, Darius for the lightweight bout. Um, Oliveira is the number one contender in the lightweight division, and uh, Darius is at number four. So Oliveira's right number one and Darius is right number four. I believe I'm not certain on this though. I believe whoever wins this fight will fight Izzy Adensanya for the lightweight title. Oh man, probably probably like early spring. That's my guess. I'm gonna say early spring and winter. Yeah, I would say more early spring than anything else. But if, especially if Oliveira wins this, then he's more than likely going to be fighting Izzy uh, for the lightweight title. And Oliveira's already, well, Izzy already, Izzy's the current champion of that division, and Oliveira has already won. He's He already has, he, he was a former champion of the lightweight division, and it would be very good 
it would be a very, very good fight to see those two go up against each other. Um, Oliveira's, like I said, more of a, he's more of a ground guy. He's a submission guy. Um, Izzy is, Izzy's a striker. Is I will say he he has great ground game, but it's nothing compared to Oliveira, in my opinion. And that's it's kind of the same thing with, uh, Dariush, is that Dariush is a phenomenal striker. And if you look back at, it may have been his last fight against Gamrot. He hit him with one of the most nasty, I believe it was a left hook. He hit him with one of the most nasty lefts I've ever seen. And he sent Gamrot flying straight to the ground, knocked him out. It, it was one of it was one of the most like entertaining like round or two I've ever seen. Like it was they were going at it, but regardless of that, even though the odds aren't even out, I actually do think Dariush will be the favorite for this fight and Oliveira will be the underdog. And if that's the case, Oliveira has very rarely been the underdog for any like major, any of his fights. And if he is, I would hammer any, any sort of money on what he has right now. Um Dariush Dariush is a like I said a phenomenal striker. His ground game doesn't compare to Oliveira and I do I am hesitant that if if okay if it if it's if this is a fight that for somehow is mainly on the feet Dariush has a good chance of winning but that's the thing all it like you can you can send Oliveira to the ground with any sort of punch it doesn't matter because Oliveira once he's on the ground that's exactly where he wants to be so if you as if you're fighting Oliveira and this is for Dar- honestly, advice for Darius, even though he's not, not not like not even listening to this. But if you kind of attack Oliveira while he's on the ground, and you start to just throw, and you're kind of like you're out of control, you're gonna get submitted. You're gonna get submitted. You can't. You need to stay on your feet if you're going against Oliveira, especially in these scenarios. Um, and you cannot let Oliveira get on your back. You cannot let that happen. But I am definitely in favor of Oliveira for this. Um, I'm gonna stay away from the um the welterweight fight, um, which is right before the Oliveira fight. Um, Mike Mallet and Adam Fugit. I don't know much about these guys, but currently Mallet is the favorite fighting out of Canada, sitting at minus two oh five, and Fugit is the underdog fighting out of the US at plus one seventy five. So that'll be That'll be a good fight to to watch, I suppose. Welterweight, welterweight's an interesting division. None, but uh, neither of those guys are ranked in that division yet, so it's not like a crazy fight to watch. But I actually am curious to what their current records are. Mike Mallett's actually sitting at nine one and one, and wow, that's actually that's actually interesting. Um, he's nine one and one, and he has not. And every single win is a that he has is a first round knockout. So that is that is uh something to look for, especially if you're going to be putting money on this fight. And uh, his opponent, Adam Fugit, sitting at nine and three, with three first round knockouts, three wins by submission. So I can I can understand why the odds are favoriting Mike Mallet here. And if you are a conservative better, I would take Mike Mallet, especially in this one. But or if you toss it in a parlay. But uh, the fight before that is for the featherweight bout. Um, Dan Ige 
is the is ranked number thirteen in the featherweight division. He's fighting under the U.S. and he's actually the favorite for this. And remember what I said earlier about how if the odds are like kind of minus two fifty and up, I would I would stay away from that. Yeah, he's sitting at minus two fifty right now. This is a fight I would stay away from. Um, Ige Ige is a good fighter, underrated for sure. Um, his opponent Nate Landwehr. Fighting out of the U.S. Both these guys are fighting out of the U.S. He's sitting at plus two ten. Ige, Ige is sixteen and six, right? He has six first round finishes, five wins by submission, and five wins by knockout. So he's kind of he's sitting steady. He's not all over the board, I guess you could say. Uh, Landweir is sitting at seventeen and four. With eight wins by knockout, two by submission, and two first round finishes, so this guy seems to be more of like a conservative fighter. He's not Landwehr doesn't seem like a guy who messes too much on the ground. He's kind of on his feet uh, compared to Ige. I will say though, if Ige does lose this, this definitely more than likely will knock him out of the rankings for the featherweight and put Landwehr in. Especially if Landwehr wins this, he'll move on to. Like like eighteen and four, which is uh, pretty impressive. He'll actually climb that ladder pretty quickly. But the last fight of the main card um, is a middleweight fight. And sorry if I butcher these names again. Uh, these are these are interesting. Uh, Mark Andre Berriot fighting out of Canada, who is the underdog for this. Uh, no, he's the favorite for this fight, uh, sitting at minus one forty five. And Eric Anders is fighting out of the U.S. at plus 125. And a real interesting fact about Eric Anders that I just found this out uh, quite early. Um, Eric Anders is 15-7-0, and and he hasn't, he wasn't even, he wasn't an MMA fighter his whole life. He was not. He actually played football at the University of Alabama under Nick Saban. He played defense for them, and then I believe at one point late in his career, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think he may have transferred to Tennessee and then played defense there. But I know for a fact that he was a linebacker, I'm quite certain, for Alabama, um, which is pretty interesting how he's kind of converted everything to the UFC. So for that reason, I want this kind of win. But so his name is Eric Anders, if you're just curious. He's the first fight of the main card, which starts at 10 p.m. So the main event, which, like I, I stated earlier, Nunez and Aldana, that'll be closer to, like, midnight, 1230, depending on how those fights before it go. But real quick, going back up to uh, Marc-Andre Berriot and Eric Anders. Um, Marc-Andre is uh, 15 and 6. Ten of those wins by knockout, one by submission, and six first round finishes. So this guy is definitely a striker, more uh, more so than a, a grounds guy grappler. Eric Anders is kind of the same way as well. He, I do, I do think he's a black belt in jujitsu, but he's he's fifteen and seven, so he's he. I I will give him props. Um, Especially from switching from college football to like to being a UFC fighter is hard to do. Yeah, he's had the build for it for sure, but 
Nine wins by knockout, one by submission, and seven first-round knockouts. It's honestly a pretty steady, even fight, and it can go any way. And that's the thing is, is that the experience doesn't really play a factor in this because their records are like essentially the same. I think Eric Anders has one more loss. Um, and for that reason, honestly, you could take Eric Anders and may and it, it'll be a risk just because of. He's not always been an MMA fighter, but I mean, he's, he's 15 and 15, what, 15, 7, 15, 8 in, in the UFC, which is still impressive. I mean, most guys who come into the UFC, especially like, like, I, I don't know if you guys watch the Ultimate Fighter. It's, it's only on like ESPN Plus, but like some of those veterans, they've only fought like three fights in the UFC. And if they lose two out of their first three, they like get cut. So they don't have another shot. And the fact that he's 15 and seven, he's passed that, that three fight mark is impressive alone. And that this is definitely a fight to pay attention to as well for the first one of the main, uh, the main card, Eric Anders versus Mark Andre burial. But I do want to move down quickly to the prelims. Um, the, the last prelim before the main card is Imavov and Chris Curtis this is actually a little bit more interesting than you think. Even though it's a prelim and prelims aren't necessarily the most attention-driven fights, rounds, however you want to call it, Imavov is ranked number 12 in the middleweight class and Chris Curtis is ranked number 14. So both of these guys are sitting like like it's like it's A B. Like they're like they're there. I, I wouldn't say A B because A B is like one two, but like you get what I'm trying to say. These guys are neck and neck. They're very close. The odds are favoring Imovov though. I do Imovov I, I believe is a like I don't know much about him, but I, I'm quite certain he's a solid submission fighter. He uh he's twelve and four in the UFC. Five of those are wins by knockout, four by submission, and seven of those wins are from the first round. So his opponent, Chris Curtis, is actually has a lot more experience, um, especially in, in striking and less with submission because Chris Curtis is actually 30 and 10. So he's, 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 he's older. He's older. Um, 17 of those wins out of the 30 are by knockout and one is by submission. So it seems to me like if Imavov can get this guy on the ground because Imavov has like, se- I, I think it was seven submission wins. <clears throat> then Imavov's in a pretty good spot. One win by submission at like whenever you're 30 and 10, like that's. Ah, uh, that, that that's rough. That's rough. And <clears throat> seven of those are first round finishes compared to Imavov. I, 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 it looks it looks like Imavov's in a little bit more practical of a spot here, and he is the favorite in this scenario. And for that reason, I w- I would still take him. Even though he's sitting at minus one fifty and Chris Curtis is at plus one thirty, I'd still take Imavov, even if you toss it into a parlay, like I said earlier. 
but the dots are kind of lined up for Imovov to succeed in this fight and less for Chris Curtis. You know what I mean? But let's see. I'm going to skip the women's flyaway bout because uh, one of them is ranked number 15 in the flyweight and the other one's not ranked. And I don't know much about these fighters, so I'm not going to comment on it. But I'm going to scroll down to the first fight of the prelims which is Kyle Nelson versus Blake Builder. Kyle Nelson's fighting out of Canada, sitting at plus 200 odds. He is the underdog for this fight, and Blake Builder is fighting out of the U.S. with minus 240 odds. And I'm going to go to Blake Builder first, the favorite. He's 8-0-1. Never lost a fight. Granted, he has eight wins. He's only fought... Nine times because he's eight and one. He's on a six fight win streak. Half of his wins are by submission, and three out three out of the eight are from the first round. Looking at the stats, I mean, I don't, I don't know who all he's fought yet, but it seems like he's on a solid pace to be a good fighter. You know what I mean? And I can see why his favorite is sitting at minus 240. Kyle Nelson, on the other hand. Oh, this is this is the featherweight, by the way. He's sitting at uh, 13 wins, 5 losses, and, and 1 no contest. Out of all of these, f- uh, out of the 13 wins, 5 of them have been by knockout. 4 are by submission. And only and four, only 4 by submission. And seven first round finishes. I'm taking Blake Builder on this one. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty clear cut. It will be interesting though, if Blake Builder does lose this. He's gonna lose at some point because he's not. He's he's not a Habib Nurmagomedov. I don't. I we're. I don't. Habib Nurmagomedov is. I wish he would have lost to McGregor. I'm a huge McGregor fan. But Habib Nurmagomedov is an insane fighter. I don't think we're going to get another one of those ever. And I don't think Blake Builder is going to match up to what Habib is or what Habib was. But best of luck to him because he's sitting at 8 one and I hope he can move on to 9-0-1 after this. Um, he has an easier opponent, I guess you could say, compared to some other people. But Kyle Nelson does have the experience, which is in his favor. But going down to the two prelims, they're really... These are early prelims, and they start at 7. They really don't stand out to me very much. So I'm not going to comment on these heavily. Uh, One of them, though, is... The, I will say one person out of the early prelims, uh, one is the uh, the flyweight bout, and he is the number 10 ranked flyweight. His name is David Vorak, if you've ever heard of him. He's actually the underdog for this fight. His opponent is not even ranked in the flyweight division. Steven Irseg. Sitting at minus 170. 
David Vorak, and this is, he's, I don't understand why this is an early pre, like an early, early prelim too. He's 20 and five. So that's a fair record. That is a fair record. Eight of those wins by knockout, eight by submission, and 10 first round finishes. This guy seems like a pretty consistent fighter. He seems like, which is which is concerning me for why he's in the early prelims. Unless he's old, I don't know how old this guy is, but unless he's old, then then that makes sense. But if you're sitting twenty at twenty and five, and you're the number ten ranked flyweight, why are you like? I don't understand why you're scheduled to fight in the early 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 prelims. Steven Irseg hasn't even fought in the UFC yet. He has not even. This is his debut, and he's favorite. Unless unless this dude, I have no idea who Steven Irsay is. No, no clue. Never even heard of him. Which is probably why this is his UFC UFC debut. I'm astonished by the fact that he's favored for this fight. Maybe he's been great in like sub leagues for the UFC and I don't know about it, but like I'm like I'm in shock. How are you the favorite? On your UFC debut, it doesn't even say what country he's from. Like, I have no, like, is he, like, is David, like, David Dvorak is the 10th, let me, let me repeat this. He's the 10th ranked flyweight in the UFC division, right? 10 ranked. Steven Irsay hasn't even made his UFC debut. He's 0, 0, and 0, and he's fighting a guy who's number 10. I'm, like, I, I actually, so... If you're kind of like intrigued as I am right now, the fact that this dude hasn't even fought yet and he's fighting the number 10 rank in this division, that should be this should this should be a fight that you pay attention to, especially to see how well Steven Irsig actually is. I cuz this this could be a guy that could either be fantastic in this sport for years or he could plummet and end up on the ultimate fighter in a, in like six years. It's one of the two. But a, a lot of people, like after going through this, a lot of people have said like, oh, especially like on the UFC or, and like ESPN MMA's Instagram, like, oh, th- this fight is mid. This isn't, this isn't going to be anything good. But like, if you look at it, if you look down the nail and like who's all fighting, like I said, where they're from, like how like how their game is on the ground, on their feet, all that kind of stuff. It's actually more interesting than you think. I am looking forward mainly to Charles Oliveira and Benil uh, Darius because it'll be a it'll be a fair fight. They're both fantastic fighters. But if like I said, if I am correct, the winner does fight Iziad Insania. And that could be one of the, especially if it's Oliveira, that could be arguably one of the biggest fights in UFC history. And it would be insane if Oliveira wins this, fights Izzy, and gets his belt back again. That, like, this, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's so much more stuff. And, like, and, like, Eric, Eric Anders, that, the fighter who played football at Alabama, like there's so many, like so much of this stuff, like with these little guys, you don't even understand. So like a lot of people don't understand like some of these guys' names and like, like, oh, who cares about Dan Ige 
and all that. Like all of these people have like small little, I guess you could say like, I don't know, like small little like hints in their lives that kind of like make them more interesting. Like all these little like pieces that kind of like connect. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to see, but if you're not into UFC, I would pay attention, uh, especially not maybe, maybe like I, Start start to get into it if you don't like it, and if you're listening to this and you don't really watch a lot of UFC, if you even made it this far, which surprises me if you don't even like UFC and you're listening to this this far, but give it a shot. It's honestly one of the most entertaining sports I've ever witnessed in my life, and I am so grateful to have picked up MMA, and I'm looking forward to this card. I'm trying to convince some people to go to Vegas with me to see Conor McGregor fight Michael Chandler because I would love to see that. I'm a huge McGregor fan. Uh, McGregor, if you're listening to this, you should give me some tickets. But uh, anyways, <laughs> what? take a peek at the card. Take a, take a peek at some of the fights coming up. And um, we will be dropping another episode, hopefully at some point, uh, in the next week, maybe Monday for Motivational Monday. It might be a little tough because, like I said, uh, me, John, and Carlin are going to be out of town for about a week. So it's going to be a lot harder to put stuff out there for you guys. So if we don't get it to you out next week, then whenever we do come back from our little trip, we are going to be executing a lot more content and make up for the missed week that we had. So. Anyways, tune in, follow all of our social medias if you haven't already. I, we got to get those follower numbers up, especially on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, you're going to find out all of our information regarding episodes and maybe like um, any any errors uh, within our podcast or any news updates, anything that's going on um, in our like channel lives, I guess you could say. It's going to be all on our Twitter. So go check that out. Drop it a follow. TikToks. Uh, once we get back from our vacation and trip, we are going to be uploading clips on there, and you don't want to miss that as our viewers start to increase as well, and other people start to join that, so definitely drop a follow on that. Our Instagram, we do go live on there, here and there, for a little bit while we're recording each episode to give you guys a little sneak peek. So if you are interested, go check out Inside the Dome on all of those social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and you can get sneak peeks of what we're recording, yeah, special insight to what our podcasts are and how we do all this kind of work. But uh, we hope to be seeing you guys uh, listen to this again in the future. And uh, it's just me today, Dan Smith. No, no John Dodaro to give us the outro. But thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. And I will see you guys in the next episode.